Hello friends, welcome back to the DDS, welcome back to the Dead Dad Society, welcome along to the Dead Dad Society if this is your first time. This is a podcast, it's a therapy group build as a podcast. Uh, so it's in the form of a podcast, um, I need to remember how to say that, I forget how to say it every time. But this is the Dead Dad Society, thank you very much for coming along. Um, I am here, I'm here tonight, I'm, I'm recording, I've got snacks, I've got drinks for everyone, no one has shown up. I am livid. I'm furious. I can't believe it. No one else is here. That is fine. I will eat the snacks. I will eat the drinks. Episode 14 for you today. Uh, got a great guest. I'll go into that in a second. But episode 13, our last episode uh, with uh, Ali Taylor, the CEO of Listen Up Music. Got a lot of love on that episode. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciated that. Uh, that was a, a great episode. Like Ali and I got really deep together. I've got to stop saying we're getting deep together. Uh, Ali and I, we got we got deep, okay? Look, there's nothing else I can say. We got deep. So thanks for the love on that episode. Uh, that was really lovely. I uh, got some nice messages about that, so that's cool. Uh, guys, apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently there are some sort of podcast awards and some people have been voting for the Dead Dad Society for the best podcast. I think it's best podcast in the entire world ever that's ever existed. Um, so that's really cool of people. Um, and yeah, people have been tagging me in that. So that's that's awesome. Uh, we've got a, a nice little uh, following here in the uh, in the society. And, and I love every one of you. Even, even you. Um, no, I've been told that I've got to stop saying, hey friends or hey mates. And, and look directly at you guys and say thanks. Thanks, guys. But no, thank you. Thank you for voting. That's really cool. Um, it, like I said uh, last week or the week before, just made an Instagram for Dead Dads as well. So if you are if you are on the socials, chuck us a like or a follow at Dead Dad Society, uh, and of course our email at dead dead dad society at gmail.com. Shoot us some questions. Tell us some guests. Tell us some stories. If you want to come on the Dead Dads and you've got a great story, please let me know. I'm really loving doing these pods. Really loving uh, chatting to people. It's been really interesting. It's very cathartic. And I think the the thing that I'm getting overall is that, you know, no matter what is going on in the world, uh, you know, for you, for other people, whatever, is that we all have a bond, is that there is, there is stuff that you keep inside. There's stuff that you are scared to talk about. Uh, and I feel like that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast is, is help myself, help myself be more open, help others be more open. I don't know if I'm helping others, but you know, I think, I think I am. There's been a few stories that people have told over the last few episodes where it's been like, they've been like, I've never told this story or I haven't thought about this for years. I haven't told anyone this. So that's really cool. I really love that. Um, I'll tell you what else I'm loving at the moment. Uh, just a quick little shout out to, uh, to the Auntie Donna guys. Uh, Auntie Donna guys are a, uh, sketch comedy group. You guys probably know them uh, if you're a fan of comedy, you know them. Um, they just put out a show on Netflix called Big Old House of Fun. Oh my God, genuinely one of the funniest things I've seen for a really long time. Uh, super unique and doing Aussie comedy proud. So I'm super happy that that exists. I'm super happy that that's out there in the world. And there was an episode with one of the guys uh, of uh, Willosophy, Will Anderson's podcast. He interviewed Broden Kelly, one of the guys from Auntie Donna. And I think that's just... That's what I'm trying to do with it here at the Dead Dads is to get people to open up. And that's exactly what Will did with, with Broden. I didn't know too much about Broden apart from, you know, he's a, he's a funny dude, uh, part of Auntie Donna. But 
this, you know, he, he really sort of opened up with Will and that was really cool and it was good to see. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a good episode of something if you, if, if you, if you, if you have time, you know, but only if you have time, uh, don't, <sighs> if you, I'm so upset, but if you have time, check that episode out of Willosophy, Will Anderson's podcast with Broden Kelly. That's a, it's a bloody good one. Um, let's get into this podcast. I'm going to stop promoting other podcasts. Only listen to this podcast. Remember, best podcast in the entire history of the world. Apparently, that's um, a competition. A comp- what? A segment? No. A category. That's a category that you can vote for. Um, but yeah, this episode, episode 14, uh, my guest today, he's, a, he's an old friend of mine. He's a radio host. He's a comedian. He's a, he's a larrikin. He's a bloody good storyteller. Um, look, he did get a bit of notoriety for a little prank that he pulled a few years ago. I won't go into that now. Um, that did uh, sort of get him into a little bit of trouble. Uh, we will talk about that in this episode. We talk about a bunch of good stuff. Uh, it's you know, it's a, it's a really good episode. Um, he's got a podcast himself called Good Yarns. I'll be doing an episode of that soon. And if you want to check that out, please do. And uh, he also does a show all around the country. You know, obviously locked down at the moment, but or you know, locked borders. But he's doing it all round, uh, taking it to Adelaide next year, I believe, uh, called uh, Shad and Pete Save the World with another comedian, Peter James, who is a lovely boy, a beautiful, funny boy. My guest today, radio host, comedian, extraordinaire, dear friend of mine, Shad Wicker. Hope you guys like the episode. Bye. Every week I do that, honestly. I hate it. Bye. My guest today, Dead Dad Society. He's well, look. He's a lucky man. He he is not part of the society, but we'll we'll get into we'll get into relationships with dads and and mums and and everyone. But my friend Shad Wicker, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm. Uh, I'm it's a pleasure to be here. That's so good. I was going to give you a bit of a Joe Rogan intro, like you know that whole like, hello, Shad Wicker. You know, he just says like hello, and then the person's name. I was going to do that for you. Can we do that? that? Yep, absolutely. Okay, yep, take two. Hello, Shad Wicker. Thank you, Joe. No, it's, ah, oh, man. Okay, okay. now nah, that's on me. I've st- I, uh, I did enough. it. I did the impersonation just so well. I love that. I do love that simplicity of that, though, just literally being like, hello, person, instead of going like, this person is a blah, blah, and they do a thing. But yeah. I guess, I mean... That's just the level Rogan's at, man. Everyone knows who his guests are. He doesn't need to fucking plug them. Uh, but man, how how you doing, bro? How's how's twenty twenty treating you? How's how's COVID? How's quarantine? How's lockdown? How's the border patrol? What's going on for Shadwicker? Um, well, I'm in Queensland. I'm living. I live in beautiful sunny Brisbane. Um, mm-hmm. But. Oh, look, I'll be honest with you. Like, it's been a mixed bag, COVID, because, like, I've, I've, I broke up with my, um, my girlfriend during the oh. uh, pandemic. We, we I split did not up. know that. That's very sad. Um, I did not know that. That's why I live in this, in, in this house that we've literally just moved in today, and then we're doing this podcast. Um, good. Congratulations. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good because I got my dog back because I haven't been living with my dog for the last few months. She's oh, been man. hard enough to be looked after by my ex. But... So that was a tough part of the pandemic. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah. That aside, I think COVID has actually been amazing for me. Okay. <laughs> like, Tell me why. Tell me why. Like, like, don't. I think like, I, needed, I needed this kind of pandemic four years ago, I reckon. And I would have right. gotten, um, gotten a lot more out of it. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be bragging on the show where 
you know, already, already I'm on a show called, you know, yep. and, and their dad's society and, and my dad is, is around. Somewhere. Alive and he's, um, he's, he exists. He's, he's not just a, what's the word? He's a, he's not just a concept. He, he is yeah. a person. Yeah. He, yeah. But, um, but no, like financially, <laughs> stuff, I've been doing great. I've had like work's been better. I've had heaps of stand up work in Brisbane because we've been open Man. for a long period of time, which is cool. Probably been the busiest I've ever been. I did lose my, my career in radio is probably now over, but I'm doing okay. I think I'm yeah. Look, let's, we'll get into like the full on, the full story, the, the, the radio dramas. We'll get into that. So, so you lost, you lost your job again during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So like around about the kickoff. Cause when I, I was working for Nova this year, this past year and a about past year and a half and then Amic hit and they had like a management change and I kind of just kind of was pushed out in the, uh, being a bit, my role was kind of casual anyway, but I was working, you know, part-time hours inconsistent, but they were just yeah. like, Oh, you know, that's how it works in media. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Got to get, yeah. got to triple fat while they save their coins. So I was just in that kind of chopping block. Normal. Happened to everyone around the industry. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It happened to, I mean, I guess I hope it happened to the world, didn't it? It kind of. Mm. There's some industries though that don't get like, it's hard to be like, woe is me when your job was just talking shit on the radio. <laughs> like, That's true. Like, yeah. That's I lost true. my job. And you're like, oh, what was it? Well, yeah, it was my small business. I've been working on it for years. And rah, rah. you turn around <laughs> like, well, I lost my job as well. I was like, what was it? Well, hosting breakfast um, radio talking about um, the Kardashians and. Yeah. Um, and like. The other weekend. <laughs> I'm really, yeah. I was really upset, man. Because like over the weekend, I'd actually written like a couple of really topical like really hard hitting COVID jokes. And then Monday yeah. morning I go in and they're like, Shad, we don't need you anymore. And it's like, it was really tough, bro. And it, but it's yeah. like, yeah, but tell me about how, tell me about how your kids aren't eating anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me that. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but, uh, but if you're a manufacturer of hand sanitizer or if you're a man that makes masks or any of that sort of stuff. Like I know there's a, another comedian, oh, uh, not another comedian because it sounds like I'm doing that, but there's a comedian in Sydney that has been doing like hand sanitizer runs, like literally for a company driving from like Canberra to Brisbane, Brisbane to, oh, you shit. know, and uh, it's like. I offered some work like that like a few weeks ago. That's so crazy. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should, I think that's what, that's what all comics are going to get into now is that if we don't have any stage time, it's, we're going to be like a legal hand sanitizer import drug runners yeah exactly that's where we're at now man so the yeah fuck so 2020 broke up with your missus lost the job but stand but stand up because like brisbane's been like you guys been open for a while hey like as opposed to the other places yeah i think we we're in lockdown for i could be wrong but i think it was like maybe three months not mm. even Maybe like, and even then it was, it was restrictions rather than like heaps of businesses were closed. It was, we could still kind of get out. And, um, I, I lived in a neighborhood, I lived in an area called Bulimba, which in Brisbane's kind of like, it's a, it's a nice neighborhood. Everyone's got Queenslanders and everyone's got like fake, fake tits, fake boobs, fake dogs. That's the kind of suburb yep. <laughs> Bulimba yep. was. And, so, so um, how do, and how do I spell that? Just so I know for yeah. domain realestate.com when I try and move up. Yeah, but um, and like and and families, but um, no, it's I, 
I <laughs> just like so you know you get that across the line with the, the wife. But um, <laughs> I walk my border collie a lot, and because I didn't work during the day, and there'd be no one out there. And then all of a sudden, when the rule was you couldn't leave the house unless you're exercising, it was like a fucking Everyone. lineup for a music festival, like just down the. <laughs> Boardwalk when I walk the dog at 10 a.m. Like, oh, you guys, oh, other people have dogs here. Oh, that's interesting. That's actually before. Yeah, that's not even a dog. Like, that's you've just dressed up like a rabbit, and I feel like you're trying <laughs> to get out of the house. Uh, I think you just take two cats together. <laughs> just yeah, this is some cat dog level shit, but it's just it's just cat cat. Uh, man, yeah, it's it's been so interesting. Like, I've been that was a big thing for me as well, where it was like we were not so dependent, but I mean, like we were really like with our little one, like we were hitting up those like play centers and all that sort of stuff where it's like, you know, she can go and play in a ball pit for a while. And you're like, yeah, sick. That's, I know where she is. I know she's probably not going to escape that. Um, And then all those sorts of things closed down and it was like, all right, so we're going to go to parks and then we're going to parks. And it's like, then you've got the dangers of, you got stranger danger, then you got the sun. Like, it's just hard, man. There's just a yeah. lot of stuff going on. Um, and then they took parks away from us as well. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know. I'm really trying not to let her watch Disney Plus, but I guess <laughs> you that's what we're going to do. You forced my hand, COVID. <laughs> I know, that's what, yeah, I know. That's what we're talking about, like COVID not being that bad. If you ask my daughter, it's like, yeah, she watched, she's seen all the Cars movies now. So she doesn't, like, COVID's been fine. Good opportunity for, for her to watch, you know, some of the proper classics of our youth, like the cartoon Aladdin. You know, I did show her old school Beauty and the Beast, like not the live action one where it's like, I have such a problem with that where it's literally just like, they're so lifelike. Where, are we just watching these guys kiss now? Like, are we just watching these guys, these dogs make out? Like, and everyone's like, but it's cute. And it's yeah. like, no, this is straight up basically bestiality at this point. But because yeah. you've put a Disney logo on it, it's fine. Well, Disney was quite dark when you like some of the stuff was a bit dark and a bit gross. And then when people start doing it, it's like 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 Family Guy and stuff in South Park get away with all the shit they say because like oh, it's cartoons. So it's yeah. Not- uh, you know, Cartman Cartman getting a satellite up his ass and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Where it's like, we're going to do this for real in real life. Yeah, cool. It's, it's, yep. it's, it's South Park, but it's the kids from Stranger Things. Yeah, are playing. Applying the South Park That's it. Guys. And that the the kid <laughs> the kid with like the bowl the kid with like the bowl cut and the funny nose, like that's hundred percent Kenny. Yeah. Like he dies every time. <laughs> like no no doubt about it. Um so we teach we teached, we teached briefly, we touched briefly, we touched briefly on like I talked a little bit about like our sort of history, I guess, in the intro, I think. I was going to. I planned on doing it. I think I did. But so we, I've known you since I was probably what, 18, something like that, 20, roughly. Friends, friends of friends. Um, I remember, actually, I do remember one. And tell me, actually, tell me if you remember this. This is like a really strange, a really strange one is that we kind of threw together a bunch of, a big group of people. Like it was like there was just so many different people from all these different groups. And then for some reason, we just went to like a dead end street near the beach and we just parked our cars there and we sat there and had a party and got drunk till like, till the next morning. And then the next morning we all just drove home. Do you remember that? Like, I, I wish I could say yes, but, it, but as soon as you said drunk, I probably wasn't the driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was, 
so if it helps, if it helps you anymore, so a uh, friend of a friend, James Machen, told us to come to okay. his told us to come to his family house, and then when we got there for a party, uh, his family was there, and they were like, "No," and we were like, "I do remember this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something along these lines. And then just it was just the quintessential Central Coast. It's like, all right, well, we'll just drive the car to like a dead end street, and then we just parked up. And I like, I genuinely, like I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, if I hear like, if I hear kids walking to a party going past my house, I'm like, oh man, if one of them yells, I'm going to flip out. Like I've got a kid, I've got a kid that's asleep. Like I want to go to sleep. And like, but like that night, man, like we were just sitting there for, it was still, you know, some ridiculous time. And it's just like music playing, Yahoo and everyone having a great time. And it's just like, we're just okay with that. We'll just, let's just be in this street, I guess. How much of an angry dad have you become now that you won't even let the youth, you're still a man of youth yourself. You won't even let the youth have a party on your cul-de-sac. No, no. And like, I could show them the, cause I've got the bun going on now. I could come yeah, out and be like. The hip, they think you're the hip cool one. They're like, hang on a second. He's the cool one. And then you'll yeah. show both here. You don't have an earring and they'll be like, oh no. Oh, it's confusing. Oh. <laughs> It's like that scene in like, is it bad neighbors with like Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen when they're like, yeah, we're cool. Like we're cool, but just, just keep it down. <laughs> like he like yells at them. We're pretty, pretty cool, but keep it down. Uh, which is my, my best. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about it cause I was trying to figure out like exactly where, cause I feel like I definitely known of your name and like friend of a friend and that sort of thing. But I feel like that was the night where I was like, Hey, I fucking like that guy. He's cool. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I think, um, my fond memories were, I remember when we were in our, I want to say 20s. I feel like it, yeah, maybe. And you hit me up one day because I'd gotten you on my community radio show on the Central mm. Coast. Shout yeah. out to 2 C. And um, <laughs> the old Midnight to Dawn's shift. And we used to <laughs> kick out on that for a little bit, having a bit of a That's laugh. Right. Oh my God, and I had genuinely forgotten about that. Yeah, in that weird, the, the radio studio was a, like a house mm. on uh, whatever the main street, Main Street Gosford, whatever the main street of Gosford is. is oh, yeah, it's Main Street. Main Street. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, <laughs> man Street. Don't get me... It's, it is, it is. Actually, it's actually Man Street. They're like, this is the Main That's Street. Main it's street. like, <laughs> I feel like maybe we shouldn't call it Main Street, but... Do you think that was a misspelled? Or is it actually named after someone? yeah man that that old the old school coast fm true triple c whatever it was the door to the radio studio was the sliding door your nan has on her balcony yeah like that's the sound like and um and we could just do whatever the hell we wanted they like no one was fucking no one was checking no one was asking me what songs i was playing we just played whatever we wanted that was really fun and then i remember a, a couple of years later you hit me up I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if it's off track, but when you first hit me up to do, to help out with um, bringing uh, a comedy, a charity comedy night to the, uh, to the Central Coast, to the Gosford RSL, I think it was. It was, it was for charity, but it was also like a, a way for you to get into stand-up. Like, <laughs> to, to yeah, dabble in. Yeah, it definitely was. It was uh, like... I was trying to, I was trying to figure out how to get into stand up, and in hindsight, 
it's actually very clear how you're getting to stand up. Like, it's just yeah. like, you just yeah. go some open mics, you make some friends, but I didn't know anything. And being like a central coast bumpkin, I was like, well, I'll put on my own show and then, then I'll meet mm. some comedians and then I will be their friends. And they worked. Um, that's, <laughs> I remember you hit me up for that to, to come and help out. And the first, um, cause I tell people this when they ask me about like when I was thinking about getting into comedy, cause I didn't even get into stand up for like a few years after that. Yeah. While you yeah, yeah. started doing stand up, but it was, um, you hit me up and said, oh, I want to do this comedy night. And I was like, Oh yeah, cool. Like I'll, I'll help out and stuff. You said you want to do it for a charity. And I said to you, I was like, well, I'll do it, but we have to do it for beyond blue. And the reason, the reason it was beyond blue was when you rang me, I was leaving this kick this could get slightly dark, but you rang me while I was driving away from the funeral of a guy I went to uni with that had, uh, that had committed suicide. So I had yep. left that. Okay. Got a phone call from you being like, I want to do a comedy night on the central coast, like immediately after. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Comedy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're busy, like, man. I've... Listen, I, um, yeah, go and like suit, go like, listen, bro, I want to get into stand up. I feel like I'm just wasting my life. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know what you've been up to today, but uh, can you help me? Um, <laughs> shit. I, did, I feel like I did, like, I feel like you've kind of alluded to that before, but not really. That started me getting heaps into like um, supporting a lot of those, a lot of like Beyond Blue and similar charities when I ended up moving up north for radio and stuff as well because i did a lot of stuff um on air and off air and stuff like events and raising money yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. with um, yeah, yeah. with radio session that threw mental health stuff and it was all because of that night because it was such a fun we had no idea what we're doing by the way you hosted it <laughs> like when i think now and what that was like <laughs> you know what i mean like you think now and you go oh wow what the, the fucking balls to be like yeah this is what we want to do dude the way I look at it, if, okay, so everything that we did that night in terms of the run of the night, the fact that I was hosting, I think you were in the audience like doing a roving sort of thing. Yep. Um, if I showed up to a gig now and that's what was happening, <laughs> I would be so angry. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? hundred percent. I'd actually find it fucking hilarious. But at the same time, I, I, I know many people I've met over the last few years would be so furious. Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> literally like, Hey, this is so-and-so um, they're running the night. Uh, they're going to host the night. They've never done stand up before. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all the red away. flags for a horrible night. Those are all red flags for this is going to be, massively massively but man i personally think it was great i think it, I yeah. think it came out right. i don't know don't ask the don't ask the audience who knows but no it was good i i enjoyed it but that was the kind of start of i guess that was the start of everything in terms of comedy for both of us really like where making running those nights and then eventually you get the gig in darwin and go to darwin it was a fair few years later, man. Like it was crazy few years later. You started doing stand up. I was like, no, no, thank you. And then um, <laughs> I, I did a few different things between then. I worked in like TV kind of stuff for a bit. And then I decided to 
eventually decided to be like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to try and do this radio thing a bit harder. Mm. Scored, scored a job up in Darwin and then moved up there. And then in Darwin, I finally decided to do stand-up for the first time. That's right. Where was it? Where was it in Darwin? It was at a place called Bogarts, which is in yeah. uh, Parap, which I believe is closed down now. I could be wrong. The last time I went there, it wasn't open. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was a five-minute set. I remember this so clearly. At a five-minute set, um, it had been set on radio that I was going to do it. So that was kind of the way that the local comics there, so like Amy Hetherington um, was like one of the people that kind of cornered me on air and was like, you should yeah. give it a go. And then I said, yes. So then you have to fucking do it. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. I rock up to the gig. It was me, a guy who's a, who was a mate of mine from uni that was up there working for Channel 9. Didn't know anyone else really. <clears throat> um, and there was just, I think from memory, four or five people sitting on some couches, looking at a mic stand sitting there in this room oh, and then totally. these, yep good and then these t- <laughs> why are you covering your face <laughs> and I'm really je- i'm jealous man i'm just i'm i'm thinking back to my first gig that like there was the um beyond blue gig that was nearly a sellout so you had a great time yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and i was about six odd people and then there was these two tables um you know the rsl style tables but they were lengthways yeah. like uh parallel with the stage with just chairs around on one side and um they're like i get there and the person who was running it's like don't worry there's gonna be some more people there's a 21st birthday and i was like oh cool like again i don't know like i was like oh cool there's gonna be more people um and then i get up on on stage for my spot five minutes and i'd written all this stuff and i just remember i've seen the footage as well i just went fucking boom on talked said my stuff didn't pause there's a couple of like laughs and it didn't stop for laughs. I was like, I've got my thing to say. I'm going to say it. And I did eight yeah. and a half minutes. <laughs> like yeah. eight and a half minutes. Just like out there. It fucking sucked. Man, it's, <laughs> it's, Alan, it's Alan reading his speech in The Hangover, you know, where they're on the roof in the first hangover. Yeah, the first and hangover. he's like, blah, blah, blah. How about that drive in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. Like no pause for laugh. Just get the, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Get the script out. <laughs> But that uh, was my so first. That's Dar- That's Darwin. Darwin, mm. you're in Cairns. How long are you in Cairns for before you, like, let's be honest, and you know, you can be as candid as you want to be or as open as you want to be about that. But you pretty much created that scene in Cairns, like the comedy scene in Cairns. Um, with some mates, yeah. So it was. Um, I moved to. I moved to Cairns. Uh, yeah, and, and when I landed there, I got the job in radio. And one of the things I said, oh, I'd really like to keep doing stand-up. And they're like, yeah, there's a scene here. You can you know, do stand-up. I got there and there was nothing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I focused on doing the radio gig because it was kind of like my bigger, like my next step up. It was with SCA. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll focus on the gig. And then about probably six to eight months in or something, I was kind of like, man, i really like to try and figure out how to do some. So I went to... Uh, the only thing I could find was this improv comedy night at the uh, then Cairns Dinner Theatre. Yeah. So I go yep. to this. I go to this night. I think I went with a with a girl or something to watch it. And I was like, "Oh, this is all right. These people seem pretty cool. Like it's pretty funny, real loose." And uh, I met some of the cast afterwards, and that's when I met uh, Peter James. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, he was like 17 year old doing these. Shows if you don't know him, look him up. He's fucking stupid talented. Yeah, and so um, good. So good. and uh, I met Pete there, 
and then kind of got convinced to, hey, why don't you give, you know, improv a go and be a part of the show. So I did that, started doing a bit of improv to scratch the itch. And then Pete and I started talking about our, you know, desire to want to do stand-up. He'd, he'd done class clowns and stuff. And I said, oh, yeah. we should, maybe we should do it in the interval. And he, he hit up Wes, who was running the gig, and we ended up doing that for a bit. And then after doing that for a little bit, I ended up getting an opportunity at a bar to run a night, um, which I did. No free beers, no money. <laughs> did that for a couple of months. And then yeah. met, met another guy who was running a gig across the road. We joined forces, and then that kind of started the snowball effect that is now a pretty strong scene in Cairns. Yeah, man, absolutely. I... I think, what have I been up twice or three times for you, I think? Yeah. And man, it's always such a highlight. Like that, that dinner theater, that was such a good gig. The, the first or second birthday, I think it was the second birthday um, show that you had me up for. I think it was cool to, to to like, to be doing, to trying to do stand up and doing it regularly up there because it was like, one of the things I like about the Cairns scene for comedy is like, um, and I think Pete put this to me the other day and I like it is um, there was no one there who knew what they were doing. So everyone just got to be however they wanted to be. It's very authentic, I guess. Yeah. So, so, so everyone had a different style. No one was really similar or the same and you weren't really hearing the same stuff or the premises were different Mm. and, everything was kind of different. We had some people who were quite theatrical and then we had like my mate Jay, who's a indigenous man. He had his angle on the world, but then he was really like high energy. And then yeah. um, Pete, who's got, you know, it was at the beginning, he was a bit more like musical and theatrical. And then he's kind of developed into even more. Um, and then you even had, you know, some comics that were really blue that if you went and looked at another show, like even now I'm in Brisbane, you'd be like, you wouldn't see these acts on the same lineup. Jay would talk about, you know, being a, a, a an indigenous queer man. And then the next act would be Richo talking about like having kids at a young age and being from Mount Isa and, and like his life. And then you'd have like Pete being, <laughs> tell you how the world yeah. works. And then, you know what I mean? Just real vast array of, of people. Yeah. Styles are really that, cool. The diversity. Because yeah, no one was there to be like, oh, that's how you do comedy. So that you should do it like that. And then you just mimic. No one mimicked because yeah. no one knew how to fucking do it. <laughs> so it was you, sick. Yeah, man. That's, it, it, is, it, is such a fun, it is such a fun time. Always, always a highlight. And, and like a loyal, a loyal fan base too, like a loyal crew. You know, you've got uh, you know, a bunch of people that seem to be just churning over like the amount of gigs they're going to. And that's really cool. I guess you're getting the, the return customers really. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it was definitely cool. It was a good, uh, it was a good four years up in Cairns kind of doing it. And it gave me the chance to kind of meet more people and, and like, you know, uh, catch up with Heggy again by booking him up there and, yeah. and just yeah. kind of now it's kind of cool that, and you'd know this more than me cause you've been in a, a bit longer than that, but I'm at this kind of point now where I'm kind of, I'm kind of I'm mates with people that I like. Um, yeah, like, I, like I'm like. mates with people that I used to, yeah, that I've just really liked. I was like, they're really yeah. sick of me. And now it's like, you, you're just mates with them, um, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it yeah. It is. Like, I'm kind of in a world that I wanted to be in. It, and it, you kind of like, even, even to an extent these days, I still, I still sort of put like a few people on a bit of a pedestal because I, 
I remember starting out watching their specials or starting out watching their sets on something. And then it's like, I think the, like the big example for me is like Nick Cody. Like yeah. I watched Cody's special. I went and saw Cody at the comedy store. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you're gigging with him and you've just like, I've kind of got to be like, ah, fucking turn it off, bro. Like whatever you're doing, turn it off. Just talk to him. He's just, he's just a guy like you. Whereas I'm like, ah, so, oh, like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good crowd out there tonight. Don't you reckon? Like, like I just got nothing to say, like nothing to contribute to this guy. Um, When I, when I came up to the second birthday show, when you picked me up from the airport, I, at that point, I had been doing some like guest stuff on our hometown radio station, 2GO. Um, you yeah. said to me, you were like, hey, like, uh, you know, I've got something to tell you. I've been testing. I've been testing for 2GO. Our, yeah. homes, our home radio station, I've been testing to take over the breakfast show. Um, and then slowly it starts to come to fruition that you are taking over the breakfast show with, uh, was it replacing yeah. Akmal? It was replacing Akmal, right? Yeah, I was, uh, slow was a very good description because it took a while. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Yeah, so, so it, was to, it was to replace Akmal on yeah, because he had decided to, yeah, stop, uh, stop doing radio. So I got a call and they were like, we want you to demo for it. I always had a yeah, I'll demo for anything kind of policy. So I was like, yeah, yeah let's do it. And it was where I'd spent a bit of time growing up. So yeah, 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 yeah. And you've got so how do how do we get to it? All right. So I feel like all of this how yeah, Darwin, you got into stand up and how thing and how we met each other has all just been this windy path to get to this that you wanted to talk about from the yeah. very beginning. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. You could have just asked me straight up. We've known each other long enough, Mitch. I've told the story no, no. a million times. Like if you just see like if you just see this uh my notes here it just says um the mug it just says the mug like (laughs) there's no notes there's it literally just um, I like how a lot of what we've already spoken about will probably get cut out because this is the longest story honestly I'm going to start the podcast from here um it's going to go from the intro to right now um yeah yeah cool (laughs) um okay so you you get the call up your Siri here. No. Yeah, heaps good, Siri. That was... <laughs> what? All right. Okay. Siri, um, go away. Sweet. 2GO. Um, yeah. you're, you're wrapping up with cans. You're wrapping up with cans, SCA or HIT or whatever it's called up there. And... Okay, rather than... Rather than me ask prompting me questions. Yeah, do you want to chuck it? Yeah, rather than me asking prompting questions, because I know I like, I don't want to ask questions where I have to pretend like, what? And then what happened? <laughs> what happened? Um, tell me the timeline. You get, okay. you get 2GO, you're wrapping up SCA. Yeah, so I got, yeah, I got offered the job for 2GO, um, I think it was like December. Yeah, it would have been December. And um, I was flying away for a holiday, uh, had a month's leave. So we kind of said yes to the job and then kind of fucked off overseas. I get back, they say, you've got one week on air in Cairns and, and then you've you got to go down and start at 2GO on the Tuesday. 
So we need you to finish the week out in Cairns. We'll give you the Friday off because it's the um, the long weekend's coming. So you finish on the Thursday in uh, January and on your way. Just got to get through four days of work. <clears throat> so I get back on the Monday. We're kind of doing the show and we kind of tell everyone that I'm leaving. And uh, on the Tuesday, so I get back Monday. On the Tuesday, we had um, Scott Morrison in town kind of announcing some money for a Captain Cook landing reenactment that happens in Cooktown on Australia Day. Yes, that is a thing. Look it up. <laughs> and um, and uh, we had him on the show, which we've had him on before. And he and I had like, you know, piss gags that we spoke about and shit. <clears throat> and um, so ScoMo came on the show. We did the usual thing that you do in a radio interview with a politician is give them their moment to say their thing. And then you just kind of dumb it up or whatever. And to be honest, I was pretty much phoning in the week. <laughs> like, yeah. I wasn't really working hard on anything. So contrary to what the articles and the stories and the media releases <laughs> the FDA said afterwards, it wasn't a prank or a planned um, stunt is what the word they use. A stunt. It wasn't planned at all. Um, what happened was he came onto the show on the Tuesday. We did the interview all good. And after the show, they always sit in the studio and take like a million photos because they got to put them on their social media. Yeah. And I'd been yep. using a mug that morning as I had previous mornings and as other people in the building had as well, cause it was the office mug, but I had a mug in my hand in one of the photos, um, that had uh, cunt written on it. So it had like the UNT on the mug and the handle was the C. I'd been using the mug, drinking it, whatever. And in one of, or yeah, in like a couple of the photos, as we'd been standing there, I'd realized I had the mug on me. And yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this, would, this could be funny. So I just kind of faced it towards, yeah, instead of holding it by the handle, I just held it by the, the base. And um, that was the photo that ScoMo's social media team decided to put up on his uh, Instagram and stuff. So then we had a laugh, like, like I had a laugh about it when it got shared and in the office and stuff also like had a bit of a laugh because we were like, oh, I can't believe that happened. That's really funny. And then yeah. um, we just kind of had a laugh, whatever. I, I think I I think I shared his story and I said yeah. something along the lines of I was like this guy gets it. Like yeah, I remember, like, I remember that because like in our yeah. you know in our circle of friends it was a bit like oh my god that's so funny like yeah that's hilarious. So, you know, obviously not a highbrow joke, not the funniest thing in the world. Um, by no means chaser esque in its satire, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was just, you know, it was just funny. And yeah. I look back and I'm like, well, obviously I would have gotten in trouble in that, which was what my girlfriend at the time's reaction was as well. Like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, mm. I didn't think anything of it. And we just kind of went about our day. I came back to work the next day. Still no one had really said anything. It was all good. Next day was yeah. Wednesday. Hey, last show's the next day. Cool. Then by the end of Wednesday, um, it kind of started to do the rounds on Twitter. Um, a few people had heard about it um, and then it kind of a lot of weirdly enough, a lot of talent within SCA were on Twitter, which I wasn't very active on mm -hmm. talking about it. 
and being like, oh, how funny, rah, rah, rah. And then oh, I just kind yeah. of would make a couple of, like, I got told about it. So I made a couple of comments, nothing major. was just like, yeah, sick or whatever. And um, again, was kind of no management issue. Just like, they're like, oh, look, don't worry about it. Just don't comment. I was like, cool. Did the last show on the Thursday um, on air. And I was like, yep, you know, thanks, Cairns. We had people in who had been on the show throughout the years. Because I'd been there for four years. I'd won every survey we'd been a part of. I was on two very, very successful shows. One with Elliot at first and then with Carly afterwards. Mm. It was, I love Cairns. As you know, like, I love the place. It was one of my yeah. favorite places where my family lived when I first kind of lived, um, moved to Australia. Um, so it was a kind of big move. I also didn't really want to move. <laughs> so it was kind of yeah. a bit of a tough one to kind of move. Finished the show, said goodbye, and then got in the car with my border collie slips, who's at my feet at the moment, um, all my shit in the car. My girlfriend said, like, you know, she was sticking around because she had to give four leave, four weeks notice to her work. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know, you get down there, you got to be there on Tuesday, you're going to fucking kill it. Like, can't wait for how Wilson our life's going to be down there. <clears throat> so I get in the car and leave on Thursday and this shit keeps blowing up. News.com does an article about it. Um, and then it kind of keeps going from there. Um, I get a couple of calls from the bosses at the new station being like, look, you know, it should be fine. Just don't comment. Don't rah, rah. I said, that's fine. I said, can you delete your socials, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and I'll get the timeline blurry and all those conversations, but it was like over those two days. And then I kind of spend the night in Mackay um, because Cairns to fucking Gosford's a long way. So I'd planned to go Cairns to Mackay, Mackay to Brisbane, spend the weekend in Brizzy, get to sit, get to the Central Coast on the Monday, ready to start the show on the Tuesday. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm in, in Mackay in the morning after sleeping in a shitty motel with my dog. I get a call at like eight in the morning and it's the um, then head of regional content or whatever who had basically had known me for the four years, was part of the reason I got hired in the first place for SCA. Yep. Yep. Um, and he was like, we need you to come into the Mackay office. And I remember I was like, hey, man, I've already hit the road. I'm like 20 minutes out of Mackay. Like, is this about the mutt? And he's like, well... <laughs> We need you to come to the office. We can't really talk about it. And I say this very differently in the stand-up that you can watch. <laughs> this yeah. is all yeah. like, like the extra deets. And I was like, I said to him, I said, look, man, like, look, Mickey, like, if you're going to fire me, like, I'd rather just be told now while I'm 20 minutes out of Mackay, like, than yeah. driving yeah. back just And he's like, no, 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 like, get, get back to Mackay. We'll talk in Mackay. Like, and I was like, okay. So I drive back to Mackay and I'm thinking you know, fucking Imperial Death March, like just, you yeah, know, yeah. on my way to this studio. I get there, park out the front. It's still early morning. I think it's like 8.30 or something. I bring my dog with me into the meeting because it's like, I'm not going to leave her in the car. And I walk <laughs> into this meeting room and there's a table and at the end is a lady sitting at the table and there's like room for everyone else in a boardroom and there's a TV at the end of the thing. And I sit down at the end of it and... um. I have a lot of fun with this on stage, but it was actually a really, like, it was so fucked. <laughs> like, it was the worst. It's like one of the only, like, one of the purest examples I can have of, like, tragedy and time. <laughs> like, you know, tragedy and time equals comedy or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. And um, I sat at the end of this table and feel free to ask questions, whatever, dude. I feel like I'm just banging on. But, no, no, um, no, no. I'm letting, you, I'm letting you do it. I'm letting you do it. I sat at the end of the table 
and the guy Mickey was on the on the screen, and they're like, "Look, this is uh, I can't remember her name, but like you know, Sarah or whatever, who's the general manager for Mackay. Um, she's going to be your support person for today. And if I can give anyone a hot tip, if you ever go into a meeting where they ask you to bring a support person, you're done. fucked, completely done. done. So I sat there. Uh, with the dog. I was like, I've got a support dog, I guess. Yeah, that's your support then, person right there, man. Don't worry about Sarah. <laughs> yeah. We can pop back to the cubicle. So they go through the details of the thing. They ask me about it. They're like, they ask me things like who shared it on the hit page, which it never, it didn't get shared on the station social media yeah. at all. Because as soon as we realized the photo they'd shared, we were like, well, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to broadcast that brand of the station to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were, we were not going to do that. We're not idiots. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that was kind of a lot of stuff. There was a lot of like, like the things he was asking me were not things that happened. So I was trying to like clarify, yeah. um, you know, why'd you bring the mug? I'm like, I didn't bring the mug. It's a mug in the office. And like all this kind of like clearing up of whatever they thought. And then um, I kind of, like you said, if you've got anything else to say, we're going to go and deliberate. And I was just like, I just pleaded my case. I just said, look, man, like I've been working my ass off to get this job. You know, because you've known me for four years. Um, I was like, and I earned this job, like, and I know I'll crush it because it's, you know, it's where my family live in Rara. I said, look, like I understand what I did was fucked and if i got to do, you know, an apology or whatever. Like I'm, I'm happy to do whatever is needed. And yeah. I was saying it way more sincere than I'm saying it now. I was like, take me off to air for two weeks, unpaid, like whatever. I said, I'm happy to do, you know, whatever I need to do. Just, you know, don't take my job away while I'm in the middle of yeah. the car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of the state. And they just, t- TV turns off and I just sit there just waiting. And um, the lady's like, you know, fucking awkwardly sitting there as well. <laughs> and then the, the TV comes back. I reckon like the, the, you'd think that that felt like a fucking age. It was actually super quick. Yeah. Yeah, like it was so quick that it was like if you were in an office, which what he was in on his own, because it was just me and him, for him to leave and say everything I had said, and then to have come back, impossible. Yeah, yeah. Like so, we, like so, there's no way that the things that I had said were like been, just by been, time. There's no yeah, way they could yeah. have been conveyed. So does he go from <laughs> you to another office with a with a big big dog and says, "This is what's." just transpired with Shad thoughts. Yeah. So after like in the aftermath. Yeah. So apparently CEO, apparently. Um, So, so that conversation would take place, but it was so quick. I was like, as soon as the TV came back, I was just like, this is done. And my, my management at the time was kind of messaging me and he was kind of like, surely they're not going to, and he's, he was like, he used to be working for the company as well. He's like, so many people have done far worse and kept their job. Um, you know, and are currently working for the company. Like you should be fine, but you'll, but you will cop it. Like maybe a contract, yeah. like contract restructure or whatever. Like you're just going to have to cop this. And I was like, yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. obviously I know yeah. I, like, I know I fucked up. Um, but then they came back on the screen. I remember exactly as it was said to me were you've embarrassed the prime minister, you've embarrassed the CEO um, and you broke our social media guidelines. So um, you're fired effectively. Uh, your term, your contract's been terminated effectively immediately. Like no follow up. I just said to him, like, how can you just rip up my contract? Like, you know, I've been with the company for four years. Like, you know, surely there's no way, like, can I appeal? Like, what's the go? And he's like, no, it's the decision's final. Um, and I was just kind of, as you'd imagine, I was freaking out, you know, starting to well up a bit because I was like, you know, my girlfriend quit her six-figure job to follow me down, has no idea all this is taking place. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I got all my shit in the car. I got nowhere to like. I'm supposed yeah. to be on my way to find a new place to live and work a job that also was six figures. And yeah, and I was like, you know, just Wigan. I was kind of, I didn't know what to do. And then he just said, which still irks me today. He's like, yeah, well, I guess there's a lesson we can all learn from this. And I was just like, oh, I'm glad you guys could learn a lesson from this. I was just like, how, like I even think of that comment now and I'm like, how fucking insensitive. But to be honest, and to be, to sound like a bitter ex-radio person, but that's kind of the industry. Like that is, yeah. that is how the industry, and I'm sure a lot of industries are like it as well, but it's a very, for years with myself, but also for, I've seen people, um, former co-hosts of mine and that as well, be broken by certain managers because of like imposter syndrome, just they embed that into people. Um, and to see them this year, just make a fucking whole regional radio network made redundant like like that super quick crazy, a crazy. profitable by the way a profitable regional radio network but still have two drive shows pumping across the country which costs probably enough to probably keep a to keep, at least half keep. of those ones afloat on the money that they were getting paid which would have been 45k a year you look at it now and you go well of course that's what they would have said in the moment of you having a fucking near breakdown so the tv turns off after that <laughs> and now i'm just left in the room with this lady who then leaves the room and i say it differently in my act but it's still the you know more or less the same but as i sit there at the table freaking out the lady goes i'll go and get you some water so as she did that my dog was kind of obviously knows that I'm fucking upset. Comes over to me, I kind of push away. So she goes to the corner of the room and she ended up just doing a piss in the corner of the office on the carpet. Yes. Um, and, and I actually looked at her. This is, this is 100% true. I looked at her and I was like, good girl. And I grabbed her by the lead and I just left. Just, so the lady was that. still out getting water. I didn't even know if I was supposed to do anything post- yeah. As far as I was concerned, I was like, well, I'm done. These pricks have left me in nine hours from Cairns, nine hours from Brisbane, where they knew I was supposed to go and stay in the middle of nowhere with now no job. It's now nine o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I'm just going to go. So I just grabbed the dog. I leave. I'm still kind of, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I saw a mate of mine who, who's, who was on the breakfast show there. I just ignored him. Like, I literally just walked my dog around the block for five or six times and yeah. then um and then finally was like okay i've got to go i rang i rang my girlfriend and told her what happened and um and taz and i are still like good mates even though we've split now but i remember she just went well you can't come back here so get in the car go to yeah. brisbane and because i was going to stay with my best mate jules she's like go to brisbane party with jules because you can't do anything yeah. So the plan yeah. is still yeah. we're leaving. So just go. So I was like, all right, so I got in the car and then I drove and that fucking drive. <laughs> oh, that nine hour yeah. drive like was woof. Like I reckon the dog was sitting there going, Fucking hell man. Like Dude, we're gonna so die. Like, it's just so many it was brutal, man. And it was like it was like um obviously the news started to trickle out. Um, my, like, so then people would find out, but you know what, you know, it's a like, you know, it's fascinating. And, and, um, and the people that don't call 
probably the one that was like interesting because I, I worked in Cairns, a place I'd worked for four years and in, in some ways made that place a lot of money by doing a successful show. And yeah. I was friends with all these people. And you think that you're mates and you, you know, you, you know, whatever. But when it came to this thing and I've learned since that the knock on effect of what I did was a bit more than I probably thought. Yeah. Okay. Blacklisting of getting interviews and from the government and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Whether that's yeah, yeah. true or not, yeah. I don't know, but that's what I was told. But, um, the, you know, the manager of that station, my manager of, of cans didn't, didn't call my program director didn't really contact me for like another few days. And even then it was just a yeah, tough, whatever. Um, my co-host did and another, and, and the other announcer on that station as well did. But like, yeah, a lot of people that you think were kind of, you know, your mates and stuff in the industry that are, you know, cause you, you, you're tarred now in, in many ways, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And also I imagine you wouldn't know what to say, but it was a, it was a dark drive. <laughs> I got to Brizzy and then it was, oh, yeah, it's just kind of fucking, I don't know, it took a little bit. I kind of got straight onto the PR train and met with a few people for work. I actually did a gig on the Tuesday in the oh, Gold really? Coast. Oh. I'm fucked. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think, I think you did tell, I think you told me about that. Did you, um, did you talk about the whole thing? Or I did didn't. You... I didn't talk about it at all. So I got, I can't, I got up, I did something else. And like, I didn't go well. It wasn't great. And I was like, great. So the two things, like if it was ever a time to really need to kill it, like really need to get up on stage and just have a fucking- you know what you, Do you know what you needed? Do you know what you needed at that gig? You needed to look out and at a table, you needed to see Sarah, the support person. That's what you needed, yeah. you needed to see her again. There she is. Like, there I she can is. do this. She is hey, the wind beneath my wings. There she is. Hey, baby. <laughs> I, no, I didn't do well. I was like, fuck. But then I got a message the next day from Josh from base and he was like, how long are you here for? And I said, however long I want, I guess. I had nowhere to go. I was staying in my mates. I actually went and stayed in my a good mate of mine, Dino, lives on the Gold Coast. He, um, he was like, you can stay in my daughter's room. He got his daughter, who was like, she was five, I think. And um, he got her to stay with his ex, like, because, you know, the, the um, co-parenting thing. Yep. And, uh, yep. I stayed <laughs> for like a week. Slipper was on a balcony. I stayed in a five-year-old girl's bed yep. <laughs> with yep. all her Great. toys and all that stuff around for like, I think, nearly two weeks. Um, so funny. Well, I tried to um, figure out what I was going to do and I ended up just doing some gigs. I think, that, I think that week I did end up, I did, I started working on how would I tell this on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the, I guess the, not the ending of that, but the final bit for the final bit for me is because, okay. So Tugio, they've announced, you know, Akmal's leaving this new guy's coming in. There's, yeah. there's billboards, there's posters, there's yeah. everything. And then you get the chop and yeah. because of what your plan was, yes, you ended up spending a couple of weeks in a, children's bed and, and all that sort of stuff. But you eventually still came to the coast and we were hanging out a fair bit. We were gigging a fair bit. And I feel like we did a couple of gigs on the coast and I feel like there was a little bit of like a, uh, of the demographic that we were doing gigs to were two geo listeners. Yeah, and <laughs> so then 
the guy that was supposed to be taking over who has suddenly just been wiped off the face of the earth, they're not people that are reading news.com and would know that. <laughs> this guy's just showing up and they're like, watching their brains explode and then watching you talk about it, because I think you talked about it a little bit, was yeah. probably one of the most satisfying things I've ever seen. To be honest, it was kind of, um, what's, the, what's the term? Like the cathartic? Is that the yeah. phrasing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think... Weirdly, yeah, like doing it, doing the story. Now I can't stand it. But to be honest, you're the only person that when like uh, other people just want to hear the funny gag part. So I just tell them the the bit. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. like the bit that I wrote, the the fun parts, the like tr- like trimming the fat. But no one ever wants to know after. Like after the the mug happens and the guy says you're fired and it's over. It, like all that shit afterwards, bro. Like it was rough. Like I, I, I had to go to do Adelaide fringe, um, a little while after <clears throat> to do some shows, which is in, in itself is a soul destroying experience for people of my yeah. level. But, um, like I had all that and life was still moving and I still had a girlfriend that was ready to start the new life somewhere and I needed to find work. So I was lucky enough that Nova, um, a guy called Jay Walker and at Nova met with me the Tuesday as well after the thing happened and was yeah. like, we'll find something for you, maybe in podcasting or whatever. And then while I was in Adelaide, they had a job for just hosting weekends and I rang him and I just said, mate, I need the work. If that's, if that work is enough for me to pay rent, I'll find ways to make money elsewhere. Absolutely. Just I'll, I'll move to Brisbane. If it's enough, I'll do that. And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll give you enough you'll have enough shifts to basically, you know, make, I think it was like, like, you know, 500 a week or something. Yeah. Um, casual, yeah. casual work. I was like, sweet. So I did that, went and got an Uber thing and moved up to Brisbane. And then that's how I ended up here. But that whole process and then living here, cause it was like, I was so attached to radio as a um, job, as your career. And I think I kind of learned over that year cause my mental health went fucking nuts um because like i said i'd been in i'd been in a position of imposter the whole time of like you always get told and quite literally i've been told literally by bosses in radio you know if you don't want to do this we've got a whole bunch of other people yeah yeah that would love to do this right now for less or whatever like as soon as you decide to push back you know and um and then i'd got the job and i was like oh i've broken through that now i am good enough and God, think of that mindset that I had back then and think how sad it was that I thought that. And I still do it now to an extent, but I think a lot of you, you, you align a lot of your self-worth with what you do, like, like professionally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's a really hard hurdle to kind of jump over. Like I'm pouring beers now and we laugh sometimes. Like I, I do comedy, I pour beers and I'm, I'm doing like social media shit for like you know some companies and brands and freelancing yeah. shit for the most part i pour beers yeah. and i have fun and chat with people and that but we laugh sometimes because every now and then we're like and you used to be on <laughs> you know what i mean like, Dude. you're supposed to be on radio <laughs> like and it's, it's hard so sometimes to laugh that you go what the fuck am i doing which is why i said at the beginning of our chat if it makes it that this pandemic's been good for me i think that <laughs> it forced a bit of perspective of like who the fuck cares what I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. As long as I've got a fucking smile on my face and I've got my bloody border collie with me, I don't think it really matters. Dude, that's it. That's what, like, that's my, 
I'm really trying to, I guess, grab a hold of that sort of mentality. I've got to constantly, you know, tell myself <laughs> oh, that. It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's, you know, <laughs> as, you, as, you, as you're pulling beers and people are like yeah. yelling at you and stuff and you're like, oh, oh yeah. Cool. As, you're, as you're cleaning the bathroom of a pub on a Saturday morning. I, and I don't know if, like, I think for you it might be a bit different because, you know, man, you're like, you're married, you've got a, you got a lovely little daughter. But, like, I'm 32 and that, that sentence in my head sometimes, and it sounds so dumb to anyone older than me, but that sentence in my head sometimes can be one of the most confidence-breaking mm-hmm. sentences to hear my own voice say. Yep. Because, yep. like, then I... And you should never do it, but it's fucking, you just do in the world yeah. we are now, it's yeah. even more. You, you, you then move your blinkers aside for a second and you just start looking around and you're like, yeah, fuck, what am I doing? Mm. Like, wh- where, what should I, where should I, what should I? And then that's where it gets into that weird um, spiral of thoughts where you're like, I need a job. I need, like, I need a job job. And then what's a job yeah. job? And what's to, say, what's to say what I'm doing now isn't a job job? And then blah, blah, blah. And, and you get in this weird cycle where you then steal so much of your confidence and, and in my case, my creativity. I do a, I do a, it's almost like a bit of a self-sabotage thing where I go, like you said, that sentence, man, I don't know why it freaks me out as well so much. I go, I'm 32 years old. And then mm. I go, my colleagues are 18, 19, 20, all in uni. And here I am, 32 years old. Yes, I'm chasing comedy and that sort of stuff, so that's fine. But when it comes down to it, 32, working with all these kids, earning this much money, earning this much money an hour or per week, and I just go like, is that is that enough? Is that what I want? Uh, Yeah, is that where I want to be? And you know, it sucks. It's like you almost turn your life into like. You, you start to categorize your life like the fucking, um, like the tail of the tape at a UFC before a UFC fight. Like, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Like you start, you start doing that with your life to the people you interact with. And it's so toxic and it's something only you do to yourself. I'm not measuring up to what this, the only difference is, is that other person isn't necessarily a real person that you're trying to match up your career and fucking age yeah that's that's me sitting at dinner with like my wife's family where i sit across from her brother her brother who's a lawyer and you know absolutely killing it and he's i think he's five years younger than me and it's like 20 so and so 27 lawyer it's like cases one this many and it's like mitch (laughs) it's like mitch 32 cases drunk this many like you know what i mean like it's just like it's just like I'm happy. Yeah. This is good. This yeah, is good. like he's got a big, big smile on his face, and you've got just the nervous wind smile. <laughs> I've got that. I've got that. Uh, I've got that look of like. Um, I hope I'm allowed to look him in the eyes. I hope. Like, <laughs> yeah. I hope he lets me look him in the face. It's honestly something like, like, because because I did almost having that experience of losing my job. I feel like having that weird out there. So exceptional circumstance, my own fault as well. That was the other part of coming to terms with on the way was like being like, yeah, well, it's your fault. Like you, you did the thing you do the, you do the crime, you do the time. You can argue about whether it was, 
you know, enough or if it wasn't or whatever, and everyone's got their own fucking opinion on it. But the fact is you don't have a job and that's why and it's because of your actions. So deal with it. And when I finally had that kind of knock on the head moment, like a month or so after the fact, yeah, um, it kind of let me just kick into the next role, which was with Nova. And that was cool. And I kind of felt like I was on a good trajectory here in Brisbane on with Nova. And, and because I was only doing it on such a small scale, radio was only a small part of my life. Comedy was a larger part. And then yeah. I was making money by driving Uber and doing MC work or whatever. But uh, I got to focus on it a lot more. I was, kind of, I was actually kind of enjoying myself a lot more. Yeah. And that, that notion of, oh, what are you going to do? When are you going to get to the thing? Is What is the thing that you're going to be? wasn't coming into my head as much because I felt like the momentum of my life was, well, I'm just, I'm getting somewhere. Mm. Like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the yeah. momentum's yeah. there. I'm doing all right. I'm doing good here. I'm filling in and on the breakfast show in Brisbane and I'm doing this and I'm getting a lot of opportunities in comedy and stuff. It's like, I'm doing fine. Then COVID hit. Then I got thrown out of radio again. And then that thought kind of came back again, because I think that having that radio career was almost a safety net on the idea that I could just play everything else that I wanted to do with such uh, confidence like on stage or whatever, because I mm. had this mm. safety net of, yeah, well, if this yeah. gig doesn't yeah. go well, don't worry. I've got to, I've got to be on air tomorrow and yeah. I'm, I've got time to get better at this because I've got that. And then that yeah. fell away yeah. and all of these thoughts came back in again. And then you have the added fact that you've got time. <laughs> you got so much more free time thanks to the pandemic that your mind just goes fuck fuck what do i yeah 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 yeah. i guess it is kind of i know in an opposite way i can sort of use the job that i'm doing now to be like oh i don't finish till this time but i go oh but at least i've got a gig tonight and it's like yeah. i don't mind doing this so i don't know i, I kind of wish i had a job that i felt like was a good fallback but it's not yeah like, well I wouldn't suggest radio. <laughs> is, yeah, is there, I don't know. Is there even any? Not it's, all, it's all just going to be. It's all just going to be robots soon, probably. Yeah. No, it's, right. yeah. There's um. No, it's um. I, no, I I still really enjoy radio, but I will say this: I've never, th I haven't given it one thought after, after um the Nova thing. I think I was ready. I was ready to lose it again in a way, like That's when good, it disappeared man. again. Good. I was. I kind of this time. I was like, well, this wasn't my fault. Yeah, that I lost this job and I kind of was like, well, I don't really have anything else to prove. So I actually got some good advice from our mutual friend, Jacques, uh, Jacques Barrett. Yep. yep. And, and Heggie actually, they both kind of had, I think Jacques said it more clearly as if there was ever a time to just try and do something out like, you know, out there. Yeah. And in his case, it was like, just lean into comedy. It's he's like, it's now. You're the only yeah. place open. Like when you said this, we were the only place open. You couldn't get any interstate acts to come to town. So stage I got a lot more there. opportunities to do gigs and heaps of stage mm -hmm. time because there was no one else to kind of book. And I'm kind of reaping the few of the benefits now being here now. And I'm by no means big or whatever. Like it's not at, at all. But I'm getting a lot better because I'm getting a lot more time because I was yeah. able to come in when yeah there was no there was no one else so then when things start to come back and all you hope uh yeah, you still get yeah. some opportunities because you've kind of grinded out some proving grounds in the meantime for sure can i ask um because it's been very me 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 um thank you thank you for asking whatever you're about to ask <laughs> i just wanted to 
I just wanted to ask that, like, like for me, like that's my kind of thirty-two. I'm thirty-two. Wigs me out. Like with, like you've got, you've got more in my perspective as a single man with a dog. Like, yep. Yep. my dog will eat literally her shit. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of good for a couple of days if I'm broke. Like, like <laughs> there's a, there's a, you must look at someone like me and be like, oh, you don't have time to do that. That's fucking rich, bro. Like, and obviously everyone lives in everyone lives their own life, so it's all perspective anyway. But I, I look at what you're doing and being like, man, you are you need a superhuman level of able to slice your attention like pizza into just the right amount for each. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? um, there's, um, the, there's you as well. You know what I mean? Like, do you find like you go? This slice is daughter. This slice is wife. This slice is work. This slice is family. This slice, and what's left is stand up. But do you forget the you? Like, do you forget? And now, like, stand up and my me time is the same thing now. Honestly, a, a little bit, yes. Uh, I think the the positive thing out of that is having you know my wife is very supportive and she's very, I guess, on the same page that of what my end goal is and what. Yeah. Uh, what you know, what I'm chasing, and that if if things were to work out, um, or that this is all I was doing completely, um, is that it could be a, an all right life. You know what I mean? So she's always got that in the back of her head. In terms of my work, her work, she's at uni. We've got our daughter, uh, stand up, doing the podcast, family, every like you know. It, it really is. It is a bit of a Tetris. It is a, a bit of a pull this in, put that out, that sort of thing. Um, you know, like even last Tuesday, I had a free night and I was like, hey, do you mind if I go see a movie with a mate? And she was like, yeah, sure. That's all, no worries. Go for it. And then it's like, you know, this afternoon she was, she was free. Um, and I was like, I've got, uh, like, I've got our daughter. You just go, like, go to the gym, go get a massage, do whatever you want. So you kind of have to you do a bit of a tag teaming sort of thing, but like, I mean, it kind of has helped that there's not a huge deal of like stage time at the moment, which is an interesting thing to say. Cause it's like, that's all I want to do. Like if, if I literally got up in the morning and looked after my daughter until I had to leave for a gig, like that would be just perfect for me. Do you know what I mean? Like I would, I would, I would love that, but you know, there's, there's bills to pay and there's, like you said, there's predicaments to feed. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry to reveal a middle name on your podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have always I always just put P, just a little P and a dot, and I've never revealed <laughs> what her full name is. It was like the uh, was it Simpson, like Homer Homer J Simpson. It was like that. Yeah, the name. With a P. <laughs> It's like, I wonder what that is. I wonder if it's like Penelope or something, but no, it's predicament. <laughs> no, it's predicament. Um, <laughs> Quite the predicament. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, if my, if my wife listened to this podcast, she would probably be upset, but um, <laughs> I don't know really where I was fully going with that, but I, I do, I think I look at you, I look at you and I see the potential of, like you said, you know, there's a lot more opportunities coming your way because of the way that Queensland has been and also your level of free time. And I guess, unfortunately, with the, I guess, the breakdown of breakdown of your relationship with Tars, like that is now going to give you more time to chase 
comedy. So it's like, in that sense, I'm kind of like, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say jealous, but in that sense, I'm like, man, Shaddy's, Shaddy could do some really good stuff. Um, I think the thing is though, is like, is, is actually doing the stuff. I think a little bit more talk and not walk with my own right. stuff. It's very easy to be motivated for someone else. I feel for me, like if I've got to do something for, you know, like for yeah. something like I'm doing some work at the moment for making some like, um, this will sound so stupid, but it's like, it's actually been quite fun making like TikTok videos for G-Shock watches. And they just send me watches and then I try to break them in the weirdest way possible. Film it, cut it together. No front facing camera shit. I just do voiceover and film and edit. Yeah. And it's yeah. been quite, it's been kind of fun watching it grow for them. But then if you went yeah. on and looked yeah. at mine, it's like, I've done nothing. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I can easily do it for someone else. It's like when I do it for myself, I'm a little bit, I get a little bit uh, stuck. I think, and I just, I just try to be, I think like, like we were talking about before that I'm 32 kind of thing. I think I just, I've had problems with, um, I got really down when I first moved to Cairns, when I started radio, I got really depressed. Yeah. And um, I had to go and see someone, which I suggest to anyone. I know it sounds Absolutely. so hard, but it's like, I, I was in such a shitty way. I was like, no, if I was going to quit. I was actually going to quit. Um, yeah radio i was about six months in i was like i can't do it I was like i hate it i hate i i i didn't mind hands it was just like i couldn't make friends i feel like i couldn't um communicate with people and like no one was understanding my perspective and i wasn't yeah. like on the outside i was still doing a radio show i was still doing ah, well, like whatever yeah but it was just so draining and i was just i just started like instead i was just decided to just drink and eat fucking you know, that's probably that's probably the worst whatever. i guess that's probably yeah, the worst thing hey to be like apart from the drink and the eating or whatever but the idea of yeah. like you're you know whether you're at home or you're you're out or whatever you're feeling down and then you come to work and you've got to be like i'm the clown like bleh. yeah and i got it got it got really hard and i was just kind of um yeah, I I just I started to drift into self sabotage, and then it wasn't yeah. until my mate, my co-host Ill um, Alaria was like, "You're burning the candle at both ends, and yeah, you right. need to like you need to figure it out and talk to someone." And I just decided to go and do it. I chickened out the first time. I had it booked in, I didn't turn up. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I couldn't. Just, do it. Just... And and like I've lived around mental health, like mental illness, my whole life because my mum's. Um, schizophrenic and and um suffers from bipolar so i've had like that all all growing up and i've seen the hecticness in many Not different extremes throughout my yeah. whole life and and i was just so yeah but then i got to sit down and what i love about talking to someone is you get to hear what the stupid shit in your head you get to hear it out loud yeah yeah and then when you hear it out loud even in moments like this you hear it out loud and you go it's so dumb like you kind of you realize how um, trivial, I guess trivial some things yeah and, and how much you're just kind of betraying yourself because that's what I kind of feel like a lot of the time with things like the you know the black dog and and, and and feeling like depressed and stuff it's like the one voice you are kind of learnt through life that you should trust is your voice yeah like you you're the one that knows you so when that decides to and my mum and I have spoken about this concept as well the idea that you trust your own voice the whole time but then when you find out that you can't even trust that, it becomes really hard to try and overcome that because it's you that you have to beat. 
and yeah. Yeah. you that has yeah. to motivate you to beat you. Like it's so snake eating itself kind of thing that it's so yeah. like hard. But when you get to blurt it out loud in these meetings, you all of a sudden the power of those words disappear. And that the point I bring up with that is like the I'm 32 that you and I both kind of have that creeps in is I learned in that period of my life and talking to the, those people, I came out the end of it again, that was six months in, I ended up staying in cancer for four years. And um, I realized that it was always just, it's just that it's a, like the going to the gym thing. Like it's, it's always going to come back. That I'm 32 is going to, it might hit me tomorrow. Yeah. I might be driving tomorrow and it'll get me or I'll be pouring a beer like we said before and often some yeah. kind of say something and I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. And it'll bump yeah. me out. But the thing is, is that every time I like every time it bums me out and I bring myself back, it becomes easier to bring myself back around yeah. again the next yeah. time because I, I get I become match fit. And then eventually you get to the point where you bring yourself back so quickly that it doesn't even bother you when it comes into your head again. Next time. That's it. And it's that, I think it's that, like you said, the idea of getting the words out uh, and actually hearing them, right? It's so you, you get the words out, you hear them. If you would, even if you were doing that to, you're doing that to a partner, you're doing that to your mum, you're doing it to your dad, whatever. Um, there's still always going to be a level of emotion that comes from them, that comes from yeah. their response. So then, your response can be responding to their emotion as opposed to what you were originally talking about. Yeah. Um, it's like so, the, the, the person you talk to, like the psych, they don't have a dog in the fight. Correct. So you get to say the like, fuck man, some of the shit. I remember I sat down. I remember the, the, the like, fuck, if we're going off track here, sorry, I'm blowing out your podcast. No, 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 please. But I please. remember the first time I sat down with the, the psych and I was like, so nervous. And I'd been in these places before as a kid, like sitting and seeing like my mom do them and stuff. But I was so nervous. And it was probably because of the experiences of that. But I sat down, yeah. man. I sat in the chair. I didn't say anything for a couple of minutes. And then I just started crying. Like not like 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 loud, mm. like with just my eyes just started tearing. Yeah. And I was just like sitting there. And then she just goes, so you know, how you feeling or whatever. And I just remember just being like, like my, my whole, the emotion I was kind of holding back was just this level of like inadequacy, inadequacy. Mm -hmm. like a kind of like, I shouldn't be here. Why should I be here? Why, why don't I belong here? Well, why don't I belong here? And every time I get to that next question, I couldn't answer that question. I just could only answer it with another problem. Like, I don't belong here. Why don't you belong right. here? Because right. I'm like, right. I shouldn't be here. Well, we should, why shouldn't you be here? Because I couldn't get the because. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's not like I shouldn't be here because I, I don't put like, you don't belong here. Like, you know what I mean? It was, it was hard to kind of get it out. And it's just the raw emotion of just being so confused and sad. It was just, it was just the fact that I was just so sad and, and not sure why. And that's yeah. me dragging yeah. myself to work at four o'clock in the morning or 3.30 in the morning being like, this sucks not the three thirty in the morning thing, but being like, I don't want to talk about this thing today. I don't want to yeah. pretend I give a fuck about Taylor Swift. I don't want to Peter patter around this racist caller. Like, yeah. it, like it was yeah. just kind yeah. of, it was just, I was just so like, what am I doing? And I'm not ready for this as well was the other part. Like, I don't know how to do this. And what was cool was after I'd done all that, um, I actually learned that 
I don't have to pretend that I like that. I didn't yeah. I don't have to pretend that I'm okay with you saying that. I don't have to do it. And I ended up being way better at doing the radio shit because yeah. I just yeah. stopped trying to be what I thought they needed and wanted me to be and just do right. what I wanted to do. One of so I've recently I've I changed I changed uh psychs or counselors or whatever. Um, I'll tell you the story as to why I changed in a second, but this new one, right? The other day we were sort of talking about stuff and I was talking about gigs and how I, I find myself whenever I go to a gig, I, you know, I can see all the other people like there that are on the lineup. And I will still go and stand over here by myself because yeah, I go, right. because I go uh, in, in no way is it like, Oh, I think I'm better than them. It's actually the opposite of that is I go, what do I add by going to talk to them. Like, what do they get from me talking? What do they get? And it's yeah. like, and even when they do talk or they ask you questions, I'm like, I'm just gonna be overthinking it. The sort of psych was going into all that sort of stuff. Like even to the point where, you know, you get those messages where it's the lineup, the lineup messages like, hey guys, here's the show, uh, be here at eight. Like, I'll look at that lineup and be like, okay, I can talk to this person about that. I can talk to this person about that. That's good to have in the back pocket if they come up to me. Um, but yeah, I was talking to the psych about that and then she fully pulled it apart and had this whole thing about that I sort of have a complex, uh, a complex in the sense of like being judged. Like, yeah. like um, and again, just sitting there and then, you know, the eye starts twitching and you're like, oh no. I uh, feel a similar um, way. Yeah. I, you see, so when she sort of brought that up and I'm... I actually feel really bad that I can't remember the exact wording of what she said, but it really, it did actually kind of stick with me because it was like, it was the idea of that I have a, a, a notion that I'm always being judged and that I sort of hallucinate. I hallucinate these things or I hallucinate people's opinions of me. And that can come from so many different things. Like I can hallucinate about a text that my wife sends me or I can hallucinate about, uh, you know, uh, someone says, uh, you know, we don't have any gigs for you at the moment, maybe next year. And I go, they hate me. And then I'm like, yeah. I'm like so, so she sort of brought that and told me all about that and really sort of opened my eyes. And I was like, oh, cool. And then the eyes start twitching and it's like, I think it's coming. Here it comes. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's just, a, it's a really weird, uh, the idea of going yeah. to someone and paying the money for them to make you cry is crazy. Yeah, but then it's so, uh, it's so it was so helpful. It was funny though, like because I I I preach it um, when I like when I'm on air and enter people in private as well, but like everywhere. But like with anything, I also and I'll admit it, and it, it annoys me. But I needed to go a bit after, like after I well, probably during just before and after like the breakup, and I didn't. And yeah. I think that gave me, because I didn't, I think that's what gave me a good couple of months of slow recovery from um, some pretty big life, like shitty life moments. Yeah. You know, what I mean? but that, that, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny too. Like, you know what, like the thing about the judging, like the, the, the getting caught up on that when you meet people now, I think as well that when you're in a culture of so much ribbing, Mm -hmm. like it's really the lines can get blurred 
Yeah. And I think that it takes time to realize where people's attitudes are. And that takes a longer time because when you meet each other and you're like always shit stirring each other, it, it, rather than taking a day or two to know if someone, if you get along with someone and you guys think highly of each other, it probably takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, because it's like, you know, we do like each other because we rip on each other and rah, rah, rah. I'd be like, but that doesn't work for everyone. Like not everyone. No. Well, that's, that's, that's in. yeah, I would almost, okay. So the idea of rocking up to a gig, there's the whole, there's the whole table, the whole lineup of people. If I go over and I say g'day and then they all start ripping on me, I'm fine. But if I go over and say g'day and all of them give me like a, like a nice response. Hey, Mitch, how are you? How's your daughter? All that sort of stuff. Sort of stuff I go, I go, they hate me. They hate me. They yeah. hate me. Like, so it's like, like, how's your daughter? This motherfucker. This, this, what the? Fuck? It's uh, yeah. But then at the same time, you know, when you were saying like you don't want to meet someone like like we like Cody or whatever, you don't want to embarrass yourself and stuff. I think it's because we like when you you think of that because there's so many ways for that moment to just live forever now that it's fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like we're on a podcast now. This is going to live forever. And I'm no doubt going to go to bed tonight. And at some point or tomorrow on my drive between the I'm 32s, I'll be like, I don't think you did a good enough job. For <laughs> nah. Like, no, no, no. And now it's out forever. Yeah. Now, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's what, oh, this is what I'm going to do. See this little strand of hair that for some reason won't stay in the bun. Yeah. Literally going to be, I'll be thinking, I'll be at work tomorrow and I'll be like, oh yeah, just living my life, blah, blah, blah. I've got a gig on Thursday. I'm so excited. Remember when your hair wouldn't stay in the hair tie? You fucking loser. <laughs> like, why didn't it do that? I love that. Mate, I will. I just realized it's 10 past 11 my time. So 10 past 10. Jesus Christ. Your time. Um, what I like to do when I wrap up the episodes is I like to ask two questions of my guest. Uh, I posed it to you last week, I think, or no, start of the week, um, of your thoughts. So if you were to replace my dad, if you, knowing me, knowing me as a person, if you were to replace my dad with a famous TV dad, who would you get? Just for the comedic value and because we brought him up, we were talking about them briefly. Um, do they have to be real, like alive? Like a live person? Um, I don't know. Person. I just feel like, it, like if I'm getting a replacement dad for my dead dad, I wouldn't mind if they were alive. Um, I just feel like it, was, it might be to be like, hey, here's, here's your new dad, also dead. Um, so, you know, deal with that. However you want. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, fuck. Sorry. No, I misread the brief. No, I meant cartoon character. Can I choose a cartoon character? I completely Absolutely. That Absolutely. <laughs> um, I was thinking Randy Marsh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like it. I like, I like it. Randy I like Marsh because I think he tries. He does try. <laughs> and that's all we can really ask for. That's all you we know, can ask for. That's them to try. And the comedic value, I think, would really boost your career. Thank you. That's, that's really good. Stories, you know. Randy Marsh. I'm keeping a tally. I want to see who wins. No one said Randy yet, so that's what I like. And it's left field. Um, Sandy Sandy Cohen from the OC has been popular. Oh um, yeah. Oh, that's and, he is a good, he's a good TV dad. 
great should have gone for someone that teaches great lessons. What about old mate from um, uh, Married with Children? What about that guy? <laughs> oh, Al, Al Bundy. Al Bundy. What a guy. <laughs> Second question. If you, Shad Wicker, were to be my replacement, Dad, what Jesus advice? If, what advice would you give me to lead a successful life? So just so I'm aware, these are serious questions. I give serious advice. Hey, I'll just, I'll just write it down. Um, hold a mug that says cunt when you meet important people. Yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah. That'd be, my advice would probably be do not buy novelty mugs. Love <laughs> we'll it. Have a, if you go to a workplace, if you go to a workplace, son, right? It's your first day you're going to work. It's your workplace, right? Go and check the mug cupboard straight away. Right? <laughs> if there are any mugs... With profanity on them, new job. <laughs> Too dangerous. Man, thank you for coming on, dude. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, getting, I keep saying this every episode. I'm like, I've been getting deep with people and I'm like, that's so yuck. It's such a gross thing to say. But um, thanks for, you know, thanks for telling the story that you've no doubt told a billion fucking times. But thanks for telling all the different angles of it. I really, I like it. That's right. Thanks Actually, for giving a shit about how it made me feel. Instead of, yeah, could you, could you just tell us about how your dog did a little piss again? That was pretty funny. Yeah. Do your little joke, Shad. <laughs> that was pretty good. Nah, mate. Um, please tell, tell us where, like, you're at Shad Wicker on the social. Uh, I'm, at, I'm, at, um, I'm at Wicked Shad, and it's with an SH because I've been told that apparently people are going to, people have looked up Wicked Chad. So. Wicked I'm, sure Wicked, I'm sure Wicked Chad has four followers. But, um, yeah, uh, Wicked uh, and then S-H-A-D on, uh, on the Gram is probably the best one. On the Gram, uh, easy. And then you got, uh, you got the Good Yarns pod, which uh, has been doing good stuff. And, and also the uh, Pete and uh, Shad and Pete Save the World shows uh, yes. up in Queensland. Hopefully when borders are, you know, um, not um, fenced off anymore. Planning on Sydney, Newcastle, and then um, maybe Central West. Hey, what a good, what a good egg, yeah. Chad Wicker. Thanks, bro. <laughs> See you, mate.